Hello everyone, it's Emiliano here and in this episode I interview Darren Weeks, who is a Canadian rich dad advisor. Darren has been a businessman, investor and capital raiser for companies such as Royal Caribbean International. He's also the author of the book The Art of Raising Capital. In our conversation you will be able to listen to Darren and I talk about his book, his journey, about a concept called the BI Triangle and more. I hope you receive value from this episode and feel free to share it in your social media accounts or recommend it to someone that might need it. I hope you enjoy and thanks for listening. So hey everybody, I am Emiliano Darren and I want to present myself properly because we have had some conversations but I haven't presented to you what I do. And so again, my name is Emiliano. I'm the founder of the Reader Lounge and the Reader Lounge is a So, uh, social media page which is intended to be a leverage tool um, for people globally uh, to help them on their transformation journey and in the case of the podcast I interview interesting and wise people and leaders to help other people on their transformation journey and in this case you are one of those people and well I would like you to present yourself and tell us a bit about your journey Well, my, my journey is uh, extensive because I'm getting older. I really appreciate you interviewing me, and I wish I would have had this insight when I was your age. Um, my name is Darren Weeks, and I was always very entrepreneurial. I wanted to be rich when I was younger, so I always did really unique things, just as you're doing right now. I did unique things when I was younger, and most of it just entitled working really hard. You know, I'm from Canada, so it was delivering newspapers when there was snow on the ground or shoveling snow from the sidewalks for my neighbors and then starting different part-time jobs and eventually starting my own businesses and investing when I was very, very young. And all those things kind of gave me some somewhat of a foundation to start to realize that I wasn't very good at school. I really didn't like school, although I did go to university because I was, you know, I was told by society, go to university. So I, I did receive a business degree, but I learned far more when I was going to school because I was always doing things in the business world. Um, I remember starting my own t-shirt company in university. I remember investing uh, in the oil market a lot. Saddam Hussein invaded Kuwait much before you were ever born. And when that happened, oil prices went up. So It's kind of crazy when I look back, but I took all my student loans and put it into the oil markets. And luckily things went, went up. And then finally I bought my first property when I was a university student. So I, I kind of did, kind of did both things. You know, society says you should go to school and get good grades and get a good job. Well, I didn't get very good grades. So I was really worried I would never get a job because I got some of the worst marks in university. So that's why I did things on the side. And um, those things, you know, benefited me, but I really didn't have any mentorship. You know, I never would have thought of something like this. And obviously the internet didn't exist back then. Um, but when I read a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad, that's when things really changed a lot. And my life has changed ever since that considerably. And probably just because I turned my brain back on. Like, I have to be honest, when I was in university, I just did enough to get through. You know, I, I had to work every day to make money. I didn't like school. I wasn't very good at it. So I would just study enough to get through. And I'm, literally the minute I left the classroom, if I was doing a test, I would forget everything. 
It was just, I don't care, I'm, I'm out. Um, so when I met Robert Kiyosaki, he's the one that really turned me back on as far as my, my mind he is my most powerful asset. And if you study things you like and you enjoy, like what you're teaching, um, then, you know, there's so many opportunities. So that's a little bit of my background and a lengthy answer. Okay. And well, um, I know you, well, you wrote this book, right? Uh, the Art of Raising Capital. And yes. it is actually part of the collection of Rich Dad books, right? And well, I would appreciate if you could talk and well, tell us more about how was the experience of writing this book? And also, how was the experience of getting to know Robert Kiyosaki and writing this book? Well, first of all, maybe start with Robert Kiyosaki. When I first was introduced to his book, it was 2001. And he was just on Oprah Winfrey. And, you know, he's traveling all over the world, um, hosting events, huge events, like 25,000, 50,000 people. That's a lot of people. Um, He was on stage with Trump for many of them. He wrote books with Trump. So like any kind of rock star, popular person, it's not easy to get close to them because, you know, everybody wants something from people like that. So one of the greatest lessons that he taught me, and I was doing it without being taught, I was just too dumb to, to know the difference, but one of the greatest lessons he taught me was the more you give, the more you shall receive. Now, that's obviously a biblical lesson, but the more that I gave, and when it comes to giving, it was the more that I would teach financial education because that's what I did. I became a facilitator for the Rich Dad organization. And it was just, it was kind of like a hobby business that Robert's company tried to create to get people to play this cash flow game that he created. And I was the only one crazy enough to make a business out of it. Like those 200 people that tried, it cost $10,000 just to try. And he didn't even get to meet Robert, right? But I started to play his game and the first event I had four people and then I had eight people and then 11 and then just kept growing. And what Robert notices is he notices people's actions. Just, just like with you. I mean, I noticed your actions. You know, we, we talked a few months ago You said you're going to do something like this. Now you did it. Most people don't follow through. So what Robert has taught me is you, you really want to judge people by their actions, not their words. So it's deeds, not words. So, you know, I'm playing the cash flow game in front of bigger and bigger crowds. And I'll never forget. It was in about 2004. Uh, Robert Kiyosaki this time really has no idea who I am. I would go to his seminars. I'd go pay $5,000 to go to a seminar. Um, but eventually he invited me because he heard I was hosting these cash flow games all over Canada. And it's the only one of 200 people that kind of made it. And, you know, I was now speaking to 500 people at once playing cash flow. And the cash flow game that Robert and his wife Kim created, in, in my opinion, it's like his baby. You know, he, he just loves the game because if you play the game, You, first of all, you have fun. So it's a great way to learn. And yeah. <laughs> we encourage mistakes. So if you make a mistake in a game, it doesn't really matter. Just play again. So what we suggest is we'd rather you make a mistake in the game than real life with real money. So what happened was I just kept having success playing the game to bigger and bigger audiences. 
So one day, uh, the Rich Dad organization phones me and says, Robert has invited you specifically to a strategic business partners meeting with like 40 people. So like, I'm amazed, you know, I have chills right now thinking about that first invite. And, you know, some of his biggest business partners were in this meeting. It was very private, maybe 40 people. And uh, I remember meeting, you know, for instance, the, the president of Warner Brothers. They had a book division. Um, and all his partners, you know, that he was doing business with. So the point of the story is because I always was giving and doing things just to educate with no real expectation of making money, because I wasn't making any money at the point, um, Robert saw that. And again, that allowed me to get closer into a circle because what I find is most people, what they want to do for me or Robert or other people is they always want to take first. So they always want to do is take. And um, it drives me crazy. You know, even on when I'm on stage, if I teach that principle, people still come up afterwards and want to show me something or pitch something to me. And if they would just realize that if you give first, you're probably going to open up a lot more doors. So again, my answers are probably a little lengthy, but it's really important to set the context that getting to meet Robert was um, a long process. It didn't happen overnight. And then after that meeting, it was just, it was just gradual. You know, um, at that point, I would then still go to his seminars and then I would invite, you know, 20 people. And he used to have seminars that cost $5,000 and there would be about 200 people in the room and maybe 10 or 20 were from Canada because I invited them and we all paid our full price. So he would start to notice these little things that I was doing. And then uh, one time he asked me if he could come and speak in Canada for me. And then it just kind of got more and more, um, you know, gradually became more friendly, but he was always testing, you know, he was always watching me at the event. And the more that I listened to Robert and learned from him, the larger my companies would grow. And the book behind you is, is really another story. What he taught me was, and I, I never really got this, in around 2006, probably 2007, he said, debt can make you rich. Now, when you were, when you were young, did your parents tell you debt can make you rich? No, no, they didn't. They told me the opposite. Oh. Right. So debt can make you poor if you use it poorly. If you use it in bad ways, like a Visa credit card, that can make you poor. But it can also make you rich. So I started to think, how can I get more debt? And the debt would be paid off by my customers or by my tenants, for instance. So that's when I started to raise capital. And again, Robert didn't really know what I was doing. You know, he knew, but you know, he's a busy guy and I didn't go tell him, you know, but he, he took notice when I bought a few thousand properties in the biggest real estate crash in, you know, 80 years back in 2008 and nine. So it's honestly, he's the one that told me to write the book and he, he created the title. I didn't want to write a book <laughs> because to me, a book is a lot of people think, oh, I'm going to write a book and make money. No, it's just a business card. You know, a book is um, to me anyway, a book is like credibility. And yeah. our company was growing so fast and I didn't need any more customers. I hate to say that. 
I didn't need any more. So I, thought, I don't, I don't want to do a book. It's just going to make things worse. You know, we're so busy. But when Robert says you're going to write a book, then you write a book. So that's kind of the story. Um, do you want to know how much of that book I wrote? Yes, that would be interesting. <laughs> well, maybe just open up. Tell me how many pages in that book. I have no idea. How many pages? I think are it's in my book? Uh, 133 pages long. Okay. So the only page I wrote in that book is the introduction. For real? That's it. Page. Because it's my material and I'll tell the story, but what Robert teaches, and I've always thought about this is like, why do I have to do everything? I don't, I failed school. I almost got kicked out of university. I can't write a book. And I don't have the discipline to sit down and write a book. And, um, you know, I didn't need a book. So I had a course on how to raise capital and my, my sales manager and a ghostwriter, they, they had to study the course and they wrote the book. So it's my stuff, don't get me wrong, but Robert programmed my brain to be different. And I don't, I just wanna, I wanna go to the beach right now. You know, I went for a good mountain bike ride earlier. I, I don't wanna be bogged down doing things. So that's the story about the book. I never wanted to write it. Um, I wrote just the introduction, uh, but it is my material. And Robert asked me to write the book, so I did. There, I've, awesome. I've told you, I never told anybody before. <laughs> Whoa, I didn't expect that. But I mean, uh, there are many stories you well told of, of you in the book, right? And yeah. well, I would actually want to get deeper into the book specifically into the part it, there is a chapter in which you talk about raising capital as a business right and yes. you also say that you did this some years ago and also you mentioned that you did uh well you raised capital for regional caribbean right and well i would like to know more about this story and this stage of your life Specifically, the Royal Caribbean part. Well, the Royal Caribbean Cruise Line deal—you know—it's a Royal Caribbean is like a ten billion dollar company. So raising money for them was only possible because I did it years and years ago, all by myself, learning the mistakes. You know, learning not to make the same mistakes twice. So it's like anything. You know, people look at somebody and say, "Wow." You know, you raise all that money or, or you did a deal with Royal Caribbean. Well, well, it still took me probably almost 15 years before I did that deal of raising capital. So, so years ago, I was buying property. So before I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I owned about 10 properties approximately. And after, you know, five or six, I didn't have any more money. So I thought, how can I start to use other people's money to buy property? So I thought to myself, well, first of all, I need somebody who has a job, so they have some money. And then I also need somebody who doesn't want to buy real estate on their own because they just do it themselves. And then I thought, how do I get in front of people that have money and a job and maybe interest? And the first group of people that came to mind was doctors. You know, doctors have money. But then I thought, okay, I can't access them. They're always really busy and you can't go see them and ask if they want to invest with you. So I started to look at what 
industries, what occupations had um, conventions. So in Canada, teachers have conventions a couple times a year. Thousands of teachers will go to a convention hall. And I started to speak at some of those and explain to people how to make passive income. And then I had a booth, okay? So as teachers would walk by, I would try to have them come and talk to me. I would get their name, their phone number, and I'd phone them and learn how to raise capital the hard way. So I did that for two years, a lot of different conferences. And I made so many mistakes, so many mistakes. But I'm glad that I did that because for the people that are listening, even if you read my book, you're going to get some insight, but you're still going to be terrible at it. You're not going to succeed the first week. Okay. Everybody makes mistakes. So, so what I suggest is I'd rather you make mistakes with people that don't have very much money versus going to doctors first or, or your wealthy uncle. I'll use that as an example. So don't talk to your rich uncle first because you're going to screw up. So I, I made a lot of mistakes talking to teachers, but I also learned a lot and I had some success. Then I went to dentist conventions and I started talking to dentists. And instead of them investing with one deal with me, they would buy four or five at once. So now I have a lot of properties. So I learned all these lessons again. And then I read Rich Dad Poor Dad. And when Robert kind of connected the dots in my mind about debt being good, um, that's when I started to make it a real serious business. So we raised a lot of money in Canada. We, have, uh, we had over 5,000 investors, $150 million US dollars. And I think I got to be honest, the, the, the thing I liked the most about that business was I never sat down with one investor. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have one investor sit with me one-on-one and do the paperwork up. Because again, my idea is I don't want to do all this work. I created the leads and then my team did everything else. So business and raising capital, it's really a team effort. You can't do it yourself. It wasn't just me had a great team of people that helped out. And what you'll learn is if you're good at raising capital, everybody's your friend. Everybody wants to phone you and say, hey, I got a good idea. Can I have some of your money? So the Royal Caribbean Cruise Line called us and they heard um, about us building another port in Honduras that we built. And they, they wanted to have some discussions to do a, a lot of deals, a number of deals. And this is because of the financial crisis back in 2008, 9, 10, even a multi-billion dollar company still had difficulties with banks. So they approached me and we built, uh, at least at the time, I don't know if it is anymore, the world's largest cruise ship center in Falmouth, Jamaica. What year was that? I think we put the deal together in 2010 and then they had to build it. So maybe it was, maybe it was built in 2012 approximately. And so you just raised the capital and gave them, gave it to them, and that was it. Well, that was it. Um, they had to build the port. Then, you know, some of the largest cruise ships in the world now dock there. They had to build all the uh, the retail space. Um, but as far as the work involved, yeah, that's it. I mean, we have them manage the port. We don't do anything else. We just collect passive income. Whoa. <laughs> Yeah, and um, for anybody who would like to enter this business, what would be your key advice? 
Uh, there, there's a lot. I mean, I would, I would really suggest you get experience working for somebody else. You know, like our company hires people to help us sell. And I, I don't ever hire somebody and hope they're going to be an employee for me, with me forever. I really want them to learn skills. And I would be thrilled, you know, for instance, on this, on this call, we have a lady named Olga who I've known for a long time, and she's listening just to learn. Um, I'd be thrilled if everybody that listens or works with me eventually does this. And I think if you're going to raise capital, learn how to do it first. You know, go work for a company that can even pay you to learn to work. And then as far as some of the lessons go there, again, there's so many, I could take a day to teach all the lessons that I've learned because, you know, even though you have success, you still do things you would never do again. And now that I'm in Mexico, the retirement didn't last very long before we started to do another business of raising capital. But our model now was way better than I did in Canada. You know, it's just far superior because it's like anything somebody does. If you had to do it all over again, you know, whatever you're good at, you'd be better, right? So there's really too many lessons, but I'd say if you're going to, if you're going to raise money, um, you know, go learn first because you're going to make mistakes and raising money. The, the problem with raising money is you have to pay it back. You have to give a good return. And if you don't, you know, your career is going to be very, very limited. So people and money and, and blood, sweat and tears to make that money. It's a very, very serious subject. And I, I always want to say this, make sure you also follow all the rules. You know, every country has different laws when it comes to raising capital and you need to follow them or you'll go to jail. Yeah. <laughs> and well, now talking more about um, business in general, I would sure. like to know how was, well, how did you learn about the concept of Robert Kiyosaki, the BI triangle, and how do you think, well, how did you apply it and how would you suggest anyone to apply it? Well, the way I came across the guide to investing, which is a book, was every book Robert would write, I would just buy it and read it. So first of all, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and that was a complete game changer for me. Then I read a book called The Cashful Quadrants, which a lot of people like better than Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, but my favorite book of all of his books, he's probably written 20 or more, is the third book that I wrote, sorry, read, is called The Guide to Investing. And the last 100 pages in that book, there's a concept called the BI triangle. And B stands for business and I stands for investing. So how do you create a successful business or invest successfully? So the B or the I, how do you do it? And this 100 pages describes in general how the BI triangle works. And it really is its eight integrities of a business. And there's three integrities that are on the outside of this triangle. And there's five in the inside. And the three integrities on the outside, that really is what Robert teaches all the time. So Robert is always talking, first of all, about mission. So what is your mission? Like, why do you do these podcasts, for instance? Well, lately, I have been thinking, uh, well, much about that. And now my idea is just to share ways to live truer to yourself. And 
well, at the same time to transform. So and, and that's it. It's mostly about transformation, personal okay. transformation. Yeah. Do you think you're going to learn a lot by doing these podcasts? Yeah. <laughs> I have done two interviews and I have learned a lot. Sure. And for people listening, the cool part is you did not say you're doing this to make money. So if you look at the BI triangle, the most important thing is the base of the triangle is the mission. Why are you doing it? You can tell it comes from your heart. You like to do this. Okay. So when you're building a business or investing in a business, you want to make sure it has a very strong mission. That's the first word on the bottom. Then on the side, you've got team. And as I've alluded to today, I, I can't have any success without a great team. On the other side of the triangle, it's leadership. For every success or every failure, you, the leader, also has to take some responsibility, especially on the failures. So they don't teach, when I took business school, they don't teach you about leadership, building a team, the mission. All they taught me was I should go get a job. You know, I, I didn't want a job. I'm not a good employee. So that's the outside of the triangle. Now, inside the triangle, there's five additional integrities of any business. So if you're going to start a business, eventually you need to know how can you monetize it? How do you make money? And it's not necessarily just to how to get rich. That's not the point. But you still need money to grow your, your business. You need money to hire employees. You need money to help more people. So you, you have to look at the most important thing inside the BA Triangle is the cash flow. And same thing if you're going to invest. Like we at the Freedom Investment Club Mexico, we have investments. So obviously, when I do my research on the companies that want me to lend the money, I have to ask what their mission is. I look at their team and I look at the leader. But then I need to say, okay, does your concept make money? Is there good profit margins? Is it a product that is needed even during COVID, for instance? So in the BI Triangle, first is cash flow. Then there's communication. So our company communicates really well. We do seminars, we do Zoom calls, we do newsletters. And I've got a team of people that also communicate with our investors. Then you have systems. So how can you invest in a company if they don't have systems? Or like I said earlier, the reason I didn't have to write that book behind you is I had systems in place. I had a team in place, I had systems in place so that they could do it themselves. And then finally, you need legal protection. You need to make sure you're doing things legally. So in Mexico, you know, we went to some of the best lawyers in Mexico to make sure that raising capital here was done legally. It's very, very important. And then finally, what's last on the BI triangle is the product. And, you know, it's, I guess it's kind of like this is like, this is an Apple phone and these are fairly new um, earbuds. So Apple has all kinds of different products. No matter what product they launch tomorrow, it's really easy for them to just to drop this product into their BI triangle or a new product because they've got a really, really strong BI triangle. So what, what, what I see and why I like the BI triangle so much is most people, they focus on the product. And there's many people yeah. that have products, but they never have any because they don't have a strong BI triangle. So it's a really, really great concept. Um, 
I use it all the time to analyze businesses that want my money or my club's money. And um, it's a great way for entrepreneurs to look at their business and say, okay, am I really, am I matching? Am I, am I covering all eight of those integrities? And finally, what are you doing as everybody listening? What are you doing to become a better leader? And that's personal development. You know, that's what Robert Kiyosaki is all about. When we meet, you know, when I've had private meetings with them, I've traveled over the world with them. We don't talk about making a million dollars. We have lots of great conversations, but it's never about money. It's just always about being a better person, learning. What's your mission, Darren? Or at least the mission of your businesses? Yeah, well, everyone's a little bit different. You know, I have a coffee business and, and that's to have fresh roasted coffee delivered to your door, you know, within days uh, in Canada. And in, in Mexico, the Freedom Investment Club Mexico, it really is a, it's a dual mission. First is to educate all Mexicans about financial education, financial literacy. Um, most of our events are free. You had a Zoom last night, it's free. So... I don't, I don't only target people that are rich. Um, for instance, you know, most really good investments, most people are never going to hear about them because they don't have the network. So what I pride myself on with FICM is that we have open doors to everybody in Mexico. And if you're young, if you don't have money, it doesn't matter. You can still learn. So one day you can do this on your own. So the first part of our mission is just financial education. And then second of all, we offer different investments because a lot of people would rather invest with, with Freedom Investment Club than do it on their own because they see the track record and they see the team and they realize that for all the stress and the heartache and the efforts and the pain, it's just easier to invest in our deals than do something on their own. So that's our mission with Freedom Investment Club Mexico. Okay. You know what I want? Uh, sure. I want to add one. What I want is I want our investors to be the smartest investors in the world. I really do. Most people just blindly give their money to the bank, to a broker, and they really don't know anything about their deals. So what we pride ourselves on is having people that are educated and they, they meet the owners of the companies they invest in, They meet our team and they're fully educated on the deal. And to me, that reduces your risk. The more education you have, the less risk you have. Yes, and that's in general, right? Not just for financial education. Sure. Absolutely. And well, I just have three more questions before we wrap up. And sure. well, they are brief questions. First, I would like you to advise, well, to give any advice to your 15 year old self you know um what was the advice i gave you do you remember you well we the last time we talked we talked about two things one um that well i interpreted it as um focusing on your own path and well my question uh that day was how can I get my friends and family involved in finances? So that was one thing. And the other one was uh, that I should start a business as I go to school. Right. And did I tell you why I think that would work? 
I, I, I think no. Okay. What happens is if, if you knocked on my door and you were asking to do yard work or, or selling something, I would immediately say yes, because you're 15, right? So you have something called an unfair advantage. And Robert Kiyosaki wrote a book called The Unfair Advantage. It, it's really a great book. So everybody has an unfair advantage. Some, if, I, if I met each person that listened to this, I'd be able to get into what your unfair advantage is. So currently your unfair advantage is you're young. You've got a good attitude, okay? So in Canada, I'll give you a quick story. Where I lived was a pretty nice area. And all the houses were, you know, big houses, large properties. And my son was turning like nine or something, maybe 10. And I told my son, you have to have a business this summer. And he's 10 years old. And of course he procrastinated and he didn't know what to do. And, you know, should he walk dogs or should he, you know, what should he do? And he was too young to cut grass. So the night before I remember I was flying to Sweden, I said, Hey, you got to figure something out. So he decided he was going to be picking weeds. Okay. So he'd like be gardening. He's 10 years old. So he created a flyer and he came to my office and we photocopied it. And I'm, you know, I'm rushing around because I got to go to the airport the next morning. And then because he's so young, I said, okay, you have to go, you have to go knock on this door. It was, it was in our neighborhood, but I didn't know who lived there. And we practiced his pitch, his 32nd pitch, right? So somebody opens the door and you've got this little boy, you know, uh, and he gives his pitch and the wife brings the husband out and he does the pitch again. And the next thing you know, it, the door closes and my son walks to the garage and they were opening up the garage door and, and, and the, the gentleman hired Connor, but he wanted to show him his favorite sports car he just bought because he was a very successful entrepreneur and he had tears kind of makes me emotional right now. He had tears in his eyes, this, this man, because, you know, he worked so hard to, to get ahead. And when a young entrepreneur knocks on the door, it's like a family, you know, you're not going to say no. <laughs> it's impossible yeah. to say. Um, and I mean, if you want to be a medical doctor, then, you know, you need to go to school, get really good marks and, you know, do very well, go to school. Great. If you want to be a medical doctor, if you want to be a business owner, an entrepreneur, if you want to make more money, then you don't need to go to university. You, you don't need to get a degree. So first of all, I want to say you have to do what you really want to do. You have to do what's passionate, right? Um, if you want to be a doctor, this advice isn't for you. Please go to school and become very good, <laughs> very well on tests because I want you to be a good doctor for me. But if you want to be an entrepreneur, then you've got to do entrepreneurial things. And you have an advantage right now. Anything you want to sell, I'm going to take your phone call and I'm probably going to buy it, even if I don't need it. Okay. Okay. So that's what I suggested you start a business because you're young, you've got good attitude, and you might as well start failing now when you're young because you're going to fail. You're going to make mistakes. You might as well do it while you're young. Yeah. Well, thanks for the advice. <laughs> and good. just two more brief questions. First, what advice would you give to anyone uh, for them to be successful financially and in business? Well, I mean, I'll look at it this way. Robert Kiyosaki created a cash flow game, which I talked about earlier. And, and the object of the game is to get out of the rat race. 
And one of the big reasons I'm so passionate about helping people in Mexico is I believe the Mexican people work way too hard for way too long for way less money than they should and they deserve, right? But it's just, it's just ingrained in people. I mean, there's people outside my neighborhood they are working outdoors, it's hot, you know, long days, it's hard work. You don't get paid very much money. So the first thing is, what I want people to do is sacrifice a little bit. Nothing's easy, but anybody can do it. So if I look at some of the people in Mexico that make a very low amount of money, it's not easy to get started, but save some money, do some research on investing and invest a little bit of money and let it grow. And then just keep investing more and let the, the, the profits grow more so that eventually you, you can become financially free. And you can become financially free in like literally five years, 10 years, if you're really dedicated to it. And almost everybody listening can do it. You know, instead of buying a Starbucks, make your own coffee at home. Save $2 a day, for instance. Make your lunch instead of buying it somewhere. Things like that. You can sacrifice. It's not easy, but sacrifice for a little bit when you're young and your, your income can grow passively. So the first thing is, that's what everybody should be focused on is create passive income so you're not handcuffed to a job, okay? Now, second of all, if you're gonna have a business, Ken McElroy taught me this about 10 years ago and Ken is also a rich out advisor and him and I bought 5,000 properties together through his recommendations. And his, he taught me his business is financially free. So not just he is financially free, his business is financially free. So that got my mind thinking, how can I make sure my business is financially free? So during COVID, for instance, it didn't really impact me at all. Because even if our sales go to zero, the businesses that I built, I built them so they're financially free. And it's, it's a deep thought. But if you're going to be in business, like why be in business to be small? Why be in business to be stressed all the time? Business is supposed to be so you can live a better life and help a lot of people along the way. So I just think that, you know what I would suggest is like, just keep growing as a person, keep studying, keep, you know, here's the latest book I'm reading. It's on leadership. Extreme ownership. You know, yeah. Just, just grow. And the more you grow, the more money you make. What I find is you help more people. Yeah. At least in Canada, if you go to a hospital, the children's ward or the kidney area, typically there's, there's a name on the wall when you walk in and somebody donated millions and millions of dollars to have that wing to help the children or the heart area or whatever. So what I find is these business people eventually, you know, I have a nice car, I have a nice house, I don't need anything else. So eventually what happens is people that have a business, they just give back. So, you know, have that mission, that passion to say, okay, I'm going to grow my business and not just for me, but to help more people out. And then you can always give back to society. Yeah, totally agree. And well, my last question has to do with learning. So is there any concept you have learned or read recently that you would like to share to us? Well, I mean, again, just from what I learned with Robert was he, he really ignited the learner inside me. 
So I would say like, you know, whatever, whatever it is you're passionate about, you can also make money if that's what you want to do. Uh, anything in the world, if you're passionate about something, you can make money. So whether it's playing the piano or doing podcasts, you can make money at it. So just always be a lifelong learner, you know, be, be challenging yourself to say, this is my most important asset and it differentiates you from everybody else. Nobody can compete with the way you think. So if you think differently and you're determined, um, take advantage of it. Because I think that's what sets apart a successful entrepreneur versus somebody who just gets comfortable and uh, doesn't ever reach their goals. So I'm a lifelong learner now. So I read different books. I take different courses. And the nice thing about learning, though, for me is I just want to learn certain things. I don't want to take calculus in school. I don't want to learn that. You know, I just want to learn things that I enjoy to learn. So um, that's what I would say. Embrace it. Unfortunately, a lot of people in school, their spirit was crushed. Um, if that's the case, just say, hey, it's over. Start learning every day about something you enjoy. Okay, great advice. <laughs> And yeah. Will, thanks again, Darren, for all the learnings you have given to us. And thanks, thanks for accepting my invitation again. So absolutely. And uh, if you need some other people to to do webinars with, I have a pretty good Rolodex. So just let me know. Oh, thanks. And well, is there just anything else you would like to add besides what you have just told us? No, I'm just really proud of what you're doing. Taking action is really important. And you're a young man who's going to be, uh, you know, a very good leader in Mexico. And I think that's the most important thing is I'm just proud to, to know you and to have met you. And Mexico needs more leaders. They need another generation to think differently. So I think I think Mexico's going to be very um, happy with you in the long run. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for listening. I hope you did receive value from this episode and learned something useful. If you like the content, drop a follow on any platform you are listening to this interview and share it. That way more people benefit from this content. Thanks again.